0: You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host,
1: Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. It's Friday, May 20th, 2022, joined by Christina Dennis. What's going on, Christina? Oh, I'm
0: over here celebrating Friday, Damon Frank. Yeah. Just getting ready. Well, happy to be here. I am
1: so glad to be joined with you today. This is going to be uh, this is going to be a great episode. Uh, we're going to keep it a little short today because it's mm-hmm. Friday, and Christina and I have a huge day planned uh, with recovery stuff. So yes. we wanted to just jump right into this. It's fear of failure is what we're going to be talking about today, and I know no one that's listening has <laughs> ever had that problem. This is just for a friend of a friend of a friend, right, Christina? It's
0: it's so rare and unique, right? (laughs) You'll probably never meet anybody with the fear of failure, but I'm going to be honest. I have that. I still grapple with it this many years into recovery. Um, And, you know, I have uh, some of this stuff is really deep rooted and can show up as I don't want to do that. That's not my interest. You know, it it keeps you on the sidelines. And, you know, frankly, it kept me drunk.
1: Absolutely. We're going to dive all into the fear of failure. But before we do, I want to give a little shout out Uh, to, uh, the people that make this show possible, which is our recovered life contributors and people like you guys, if you're really getting a lot of benefit, we're getting a lot of people that are joining the recovered life, uh, network, uh, becoming members and we're interacting with them every day on volley, which has been so much fun. Christina, uh, already did two volleys before I uh, started today. We started the show today. So if, if you want to become part of this, join us. Go to info.recoveredlife.us. Uh, become a member today. It's totally for free and takes less than a minute to join. Christina, let's get into this fear of failure. You just said fear of failure ended up getting you drunk. Yes,
0: Yes, we've had, I mean, we've had a lot of shows around perfectionism and the shame, but my fear of failure really shows up in, you know, in something that I think is in the zeitgeist right now, imposter syndrome. And there are all these different types of imposter syndrome, you know, and how you show up. And, and one of the ones, I mean, I think there are like six. And one of the ones that I show up with and suffer from, I suffer from all but this idea that I'm supposed to know how to do things perfectly, you know, without any knowledge. I mean, this is really where my ego, and this might sound harsh, and those of you who know me know that I really do not uh, allow harsh language uh, from myself to myself, but truly the ego. I was so not right-sized because I, I had this belief that... In order to have value, I needed to show up knowing how to do everything.
1: And Christina, where does this come from? Because I will tell you, does this come from being raised by alcoholics or if people have been in a dysfunctional family because – Um, this whole idea, you know, I remember an early recovery, somebody turned to me, I was struggling with somebody, Mm -hmm. something, and I was so frustrated that I didn't understand how to do something. And the person's like, dude, you're like, why would you know how to do this? Like, you're not a plumber, right? Like, yes, but I do. I have the compulsion sometimes I'm going to be, look, the, the recovered life live show. When we do this live, it's all about us discussing what's actually going on with us. Right. And I have this, I, I, people will say something like, oh, do you know something's wrong with the fuel injector on my <laughs> Audi? And I'm like, well, I bet we could fix it. Like, it's like, yes. <laughs> it's crazy thinking.
0: It is. And, and yes, I mean, the deep rooted pain, um, it comes from not getting the message as a child that it's okay to be new at something, that failure is part of the deal. What really constitutes failure? And I, I mean, I will question that with people when they start saying, well, I don't want to do this because I don't want to fail. And I'm questioning like when in your life Have you been new at something? And now you know how to do it this many months later, this many years Mm. later. You know, I know for me, when I first went online with my coaching business, I delayed certain things that needed to happen. So people knew I was available, because I was afraid of failing, and therefore, ensuring my actual failure (laughs) by not doing the actions.
1: Isn't it? I, I, you know what? I do see this with guys a lot. I think guys are more prone, right. To do that. Just from the, from the society. I always Mm -hmm. call it whose fish is bigger. It's like, no, I caught this huge catfish. It was this (laughs) big, right? Oh well you should have seen the one I did caught at Lake Mm -hmm. Mead. It was yeah. it right. Like, so bigger there's the always this exact, yeah, bigger than the boat. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's an exaggeration. I know a lot of the times, but here's where I think that this turns wrong. I think everybody has this a little bit of like, oh, I of wish course I could do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I do believe though, that people in recovery feel that sometimes I, I find this with codependents too. A lot yes. with codependents is that they have to be the smartest person in the room. The Absolutely. one that understands every maneuver. And you know what? I'm gonna tell you why I think this is the case. This is my armchair uh psychiatrist uh, thing, yeah, which has no validity, might I add. I'm just putting right. that out there. Um, <laughs> is that I really I, I believe it's as deep insecurity, right? It's sometimes when the way that if if we're raised with an alcoholic parent, you don't know what's going to happen. So you really feel that you need to have the answer for everything because if you don't, that's a dangerous place. Right. But also I think what this has a lot to do with is, um, you know, what does not knowing mean? Right. right? Does not knowing mean that you're not good enough? Does it mean that you're not going to be able to keep up? And a lot of people in recovery, want to now be the person in the know because when they were out drinking and using drugs, they had no idea what was going on with anything.
0: Yes. Yes. Because we lost our function and that shame that comes from that. It all comes down to, are you valuable as you are just because you're breathing, just because you came to this earth? What is your mission? And I know that might sound incredibly dramatic, but- As children, we get this idea. We're either directly told that we should have known better or we get the idea because accomplishments are maybe the only time we get Mm. attention from our parents or others, that the way to be valuable is to have accomplishments. And perhaps, you know, like in my case, when I was new at something, the cost was so high, you know, for making a mistake. That I kind of got this idea early on. Nope, 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 gotta be curated. You've got to make sure that you present, you know, the the person that knows everything. And it comes from a deep-seated insecurity, for sure.
1: Well, you know, too, and I find that especially in raising teenagers, and we're both raising teenagers, mm-hmm. right? Like One of the things is, is that we always believe everything has to be perfect all the time. I think that's our generation. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, like, hey, and I know millennials are that way. It's like, everything's got to be perfect. And then if you make a mistake, right, well, there goes your future. And, you know, the pressure is so on. With mm-hmm. the with, with with kids and family members and stuff like that to have every I mean you've shared your struggles mm-hmm. with just education and the unique situation that you're going through, it's right. like this this thing that everything has got to fit into every little box perfectly is so dangerous. I, I got to tell you for me because I I feel that that leads to disaster for me because right. I now I have to script everything that it's either good or bad. And this is what I want to talk about with fear of failure. Many times we're not failing in recovery.
0: No. We are,
1: we are perceiving it as failure, but it's just normal life. You try yes. things and they don't work.
0: I, I know I've shared this with you before, but I came out of my childhood really believing that there was some kind of cosmic checklist, that there was, you know, that 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 literally if i was being the best version of myself if i was doing my job then bad things or mistakes wouldn't happen and i really had to pull back first i had to figure out that somewhere deep inside of me i had this belief that if something bad happened to me it was because i did something wrong and i had to kind of pull back and say no challenges show up in everyone's life which is why we are at this hyper sensitive time I think in the world because I mean not to date myself but y'all I remember when there was no internet and everything you did wasn't documented and I understand the documentation I'm not being an old fart saying why do you have to show up and you know Put your lunch on Instagram. That's fine. I think that's great. I think it connects. But there is a high cost from having that hyperconnectivity and that that visibility. Now, when we make a mistake, it can be shared with um, millions of people. If you're certain people on this earth, and so that that prison and that paral- uh, being paralyzed to make any changes is really, really. I mean, it can happen in minutes.
1: Absolutely. And you know what? It's funny because uh, I think about this a lot, you know, both you and I are on camera a lot and Mm -hmm. probably not, you know, I will tell you this, having a track record of working with people on camera for decades, I never had to desire to do that. I, I I didn't, you know, there's a lot of people that are behind the scenes in Hollywood that are like, mm-hmm. you know what? Oh, one day I'll be the actor or the whatever. Right. I still don't want to be the actor. I don't like that, no. but I will be the host. I never had that. I was very comfortable and enjoyed and felt that my center of excellence was the behind the scenes guy making it happen. But mm-hmm. I, I will tell you this, like now that I'm, you know, we're on camera all the time. We've got, you know, the Recovered Life community and the volleys. We've mm-hmm. got the show. We've got the breakout episodes that we do with discussions. You know, it it, it is. There's pressure. I told you today because I got sunburned. Yes. I was like, I can't. Oh, my God. People are going to see this. And we lose, you know, we lose the greatness. I believe, Christina, in the uh, we lose it in this. Uh, black and white thinking about it's got to be perfect. If it's not perfect, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have value.
0: Yes. Yes. And there is no value in learning and there's extreme, you know, everybody knows that we've been studying Atlas of the heart, um, on our recovered life discussions on Tuesday. And there's data that shows you cannot learn without failure. You cannot learn and this, I, this, This belief system that I had deep inside of me that was like, you have to be the best you know and and it seems like if you know somebody that is insecure that always has to win it's really easy to get get kind of critical of that person and you know throw stones about how self-centered they are but what i have learned over the last 25 years of doing you know recovery and coaching is that no underneath that person is a really really deep seated uh belief that they are not good enough unless they get absolutely that, number one.
1: Well, let, let, let let's dive into this a little bit deeper here because mm-hmm. let's really be honest about it as coaches. Like, you know, look, I was in a group uh this week, a mm-hmm. group that we had, and uh, you know, there were certain members that would not go deep on a certain topic. Of course. But yet people want to be great. Okay. So and I'm just telling you this as somebody who does You know, I coach a lot of high-performance people. I work with a lot of high-performance people, right? So the thing is, is that, you know, you can't be great unless you're willing to be vulnerable. You're just, it's not going to happen. So like if you're sitting around in recovery saying, you know what? And and again, I don't believe you walk into a group of strangers at the local Methodist church up the street and tell Mm. everybody your deep, darkest secrets. That's not what I'm saying. But if you can't be vulnerable in recovery and say, you know what? um, I'm struggling with this. Yes. Um, or you know what? I've never, I, I, I feel like I have a fear of failure, even though I know intellectually that I'm doing a lot of things and things are going, I I'm feeling this. If you can't be vulnerable and open yourself up, you're not going to hit greatness. That's just, that's just the reality. And, you know, we were talking about this. We were kind of laughing about a lot of recovery coaches, Christina, They'll just tell people what they want to hear.
0: Right. And
1: it's so dangerous. Look, I, I tell did. people right right up front, hey, if you're not going to be vulnerable, you're not going to be great. Yeah, Because if you can't put yourself out there, this ends right here. You've gone as far as you can go. You're right. not going to go to the greatness area.
0: Well, and I'll throw in that if you want to have a, a connected relationship, but all you want to do is present this perfect exterior, this one that knows, you know, how to do things. I I got this dialed in. You're not going to have a good relationship either. You're never going to feel the love. I'll say this. I was never going to feel the love of a partner until I showed all of me, which included fear. It included being new at something. It included making mistakes. It absolutely includes failure. And, um, we do, uh, well, I would say in the past, there's been a lot of disservice of uh, trying to uh, make the path for your child better versus making your child stronger. And, you know, I... I I study a lot of people, Glennon Doyle, uh, you know, Brene Brown that that are all in the recovery world. And as a parent, what I wanted to do was have my child not have to have the path that I had. But what I was doing was a disservice to them by not telling them that part of life is failing. Like that's actually something that you should put on your checklist Today I'm going to fail at something because I'm willing to try something new.
1: Well, we did this for you know we were talking about this this week in my group and, um, we were talking about how to reprogram, rewire your brain. Yes. To to in the interpreter in interpreter zone. Yes. That I you know I I use the analogy Christina that when this fear of failure comes up and I remember this in the business world that. I would get on calls and I would get nervous, right? Of course. And really, the and I had some great training, sales training. They, they would say, Well, you know what, Damon? Like, what what's the worst that can happen here? They say no. So, and and I said, But it was what the no meant. Yes. That, that wasn't that they said no, it was what that no meant to me. So I retrained myself. I really did. I brainwashed myself, of course, that when people told me no in those situations, it made me excited, it made me happy, it made me think that there were infinite possibilities, and that that no got me even closer to where I needed to be, Mm -hmm. and wasn't this great? Yes. Right. And so when people started to say yes, sometimes I didn't know what to do with it. (laughs) I had to retrain myself. I was like, yeah, that sounds great. You know, I'd be like, oh man, what what do I do here? So, you know, and I totally rewired. So when people tell me no, and we've talked about this too, right? Yes. Like I'm fairly fearless. Like I'll call up people and ask. Yes. And if they say no, it I'm not in a ball in the corner. Right. right? But small little things. We were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Somebody wrote a comment on one of the uh, discussion shows that we had. Right. And I was like devastated by it. <laughs> it was
0: ridiculous. I'm like, what's me here? Me too. Me too, me too. and that's I mean that's exactly what I'm what I'm sharing is you know, when I was a young manager, um, I would train waiters. and this one waiter was so, I mean he he kind of put me on a pedestal, but he always told this story that on his first shift he made a mistake on the cash register, you know, totally made sense, his computer. He said, Christy, I made a mistake. And for whatever reason, I don't know why I had the wisdom to say this. I turned around and said, good, go make another one because that's the only way you're going to learn. And that taught me to start looking at it in business. Now, it took me several decades later to start realizing I needed to apply that same thing in my relationship, that the depth of my relationship, the strength of my relationship is based on sharing failures and sharing insecurity and that person still being there. Look, if you have curated this perfect persona for your mate, that you never get angry, that you never make a mistake, that you know you're you're always pleasant, you don't lose your temper. It's not an honest relationship. And the problem is, is that you always have to keep doing that if that's what you believe your value. If that's what you base your value on, then you're always going to have to to put on that perfectionistic uh, show and then you don't feel love anyway.
1: Well, look, I, I'm going to be put flat out like I think people experience this in 12 steps. You know, there's acting mm-hmm. as if yes. like we talked a little bit about this week in Recovered Life. There's acting as if, which I believe is essential in creating it a is. new you, right? Um, but, but there's also the BS factor of it. I don't trust people who are perfect because they're either too. They're either full of crap or they're an Android. They're a computer. (laughs) Like I I don't, I don't trust you because, and you know what? Here's the thing. It's also not interesting. Perfection sucks. Perfection is not interesting, right? It's, it's, it's the, it's, it's the pursuit of perfection. That's interesting. Yes. And when you use the word pursuit, it means that it's not always going to happen. So it's like, that's what is interesting for me, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. what I'm attracted to. I'm attracted to the people who are the triers and the yes. doers. I'm not, you know, being 100%. I failed at most of the stuff I've done, but I kept swinging the bat. So I've hit a lot of home runs as well.
0: Right, right. And I think that we're kind of catching up on that. Um, we're realizing positive psychology is baloney, We're, I mean, not I, that was the wrong thing to say, that toxic positive psychology is dangerous and it's not real. And the acting as if um, when you aren't dealing with your trauma or having deep connections, I love that you said, look, you're not saying go into the Methodist church and dump all your dirty laundry onto somebody and be vulnerable with every person you meet. This is a big codependent trait and a love addicts trait where they won't tell their partner something, but they'll tell the grocery clerk, you know, that they are a sexual abuse survivor. And and it's absolutely where we start learning to have those boundaries about who gets a seat to our dirty laundry and our failures. Mm-hmm. But the more we talk about the fact that what makes you interesting is the the fact that you are willing to go out and try new things. And the more we talk about that failure is, is a false concept because everybody has failures or it doesn't turn out the way you think it will, I think the better we'll get. And that includes recovery.
1: Well, that's why, you know, when I work with business executives who they're coming back and they're going to, man, they're going to know that I went to rehab. They're going to know that I'm sober right. now. They're going to know like, I failed. I failed. I have a mark on me or whatever. And I go, you know what? You're a human being. That's what you showed, that you're yes. fallible. And if you're a leader in life, that I think is the most important trait is to be human, is to understand. It's just like, you know what? Yeah, I did fail at this. Right. Yeah. You know what? I, I hid being an addict or an alcoholic or whatever for way, way too long and learn from my mistake, right? Like, yes, this is, this is the great thing with recovery is that it's the the most perfect people I meet or the most imperfect people, because, you know, like I, I never said like, you know, my, I I was laughing the other day because we were talking about, I, I was talking to a family member and I said, you know, the people I trust the most in my life, really? Like if I had to trust like, Oh, my house is burning down and, You got to take these valuables. You know, uh, one of them is that I would call in a heartbeat is uh, spent multiple years in prison. Yes. But I trust this person implicitly, right? Like, so, because it's not, it's not that, that they had been in prison. It's, it's, it's the fact that what they did with it.
0: Yes. Right. This person really
1: has learned the lesson as opposed to somebody who hasn't learned the lesson that's acting as if and acting as if it's fine. You I, know, I don't think everybody has to go to prison, right? Like, you know, it's Right. What I'm
0: you well, can run and other people. I can apply that same thing to relationships where somebody who struggled in their relationship, this happened to me this week is seeing the ideal Instagram version that's been curated from their friends. Like they don't have these problems. They don't have this. Well, one, that's not true. They do. But who wants to be partnered with somebody that you don't have any idea how they overcome challenges? I do. It's the actual challenges that built the trust, not a life that's smooth sailing. Well, with
1: Instagram, you know, with Instagram and this 24 hour Society 365, Mm -hmm. it's always going, you know, I found myself too, scrolling through Facebook and Instagram and going, what? They went on vacation. They went there. How did they do that? But I was unable to do it. I never even wanted to go to Fiji. I never even thought about it until that moment. But all of a sudden I'm framing things, you know, we're going to have an episode, Christina, on some of the things that I teach, which are, which is anchoring. Yes. Like, and I believe, you know, that people do this a lot. They will take two things that are not alike, like a steamship and a, uh, an automobile.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: And they'll anchor them together as if they're the same thing. This is the same thing that people use in marketing and mm-hmm. in brainwashing and in mm-hmm. reprogramming people. They'll anchor things. And we do this. And I, I make this analogy, Christina, that if you've ever seen the governor or the president speak or any leader they'll have somebody sign doing sign language in the corner right and how I look at things now Christina is I'm looking at the person who's signing are yes. they really saying what the person's mm-hmm. saying or is this just they're telling me something else they're saying hey there's gonna be a big rainstorm there might mm-hmm. be flooding and this person's <laughs> like your house is burnt is gonna be flooded <laughs> you're gonna have to move out of the state right like my, the per my interpreter, isn't always honest with me so that's why i have to slow down really get centered in who i am and say what is really going on here is right. this failure or is this am i just interpreting it as failure
0: it so often we are so often we are and and i love to have i love that we're having these conversations and i love that the world is having these conversations that is no longer 1950s where we're polite society that never share anything we have to share we have to share our, our our quote mistakes if you even want to call them that
1: yeah ward and june cleaver are dead yes Uh, it's not, it's, it's not like that anymore. Everybody's fallible. Everybody makes mistakes. And if you have fear of failure, it is something that you have to get over in your sobriety. Listen, Christina, this has been a great episode, a ton of changes that are happening in the recovered life show. You and I are working on a really special coaching product that we're going to bring out here that I think is going to be a game changer for a lot of people. So hold tight. Do you want to tell people about what we're doing on volley?
0: Yes, absolutely. So Volley is this community where we get to use video to connect with. We get to check in. We have a wonderful group on Volley called The Daily Drink, where you will or Damon, you know, introduces ideas and allows us to connect spiritually with others as well as the community and with with technology in this world today as highly connected as we are we feel a lot of isolation it's it's the absolute confusion of what high connectivity is not at volley you will feel connected you get to know people across the world and you start to live life together so please join the recovered life network get on volley start introducing yourself be known and be seen and it's i mean the stuff over there is super cool i really like it
1: it is great you know we're moving the recovered life community to Mm -hmm. volley and Mm -hmm. so guys if you're already members you're going to be notified to be able to get in and get on and start sharing. But what I love about this is we're having people come in. You know, we have people that are in their seventies. We have people in their twenties. There's all different types of people on there. And what I love about it is it really is a home group in your pocket. You're having face-to-face turn-by-turn video or audio conversations with people on your time. And you don't have to spend a lot of time typing and doing weird stuff like that. You just interact with it when you want. And when you don't, You turn it off, it's great. So guys, join us there. More shows ahead. We got a lot of stuff going on this weekend on Recovered Life. Tune into the podcast on Apple, Google, wherever podcasts are are heard. You can subscribe to the Recovered Life show there. A bunch of Recovered Life discussions we've got playing out this weekend. Christina, any last thoughts about the fear of failure?
0: Um, Start talking about it. Start talking about it because it's universal and it can be overcome.
1: Well, that is the Recovered Life Show for Friday, May 20th, 2022. Everybody have an amazing weekend.
0: Yep. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.